Hello. Yeah, uh, finally. <laughs> so to answer your question, my wife has the most influence in my life. Second only, obviously, to the word of God. But if you pick a person other than that, uh, other than my wife, another person, I'll say it's Pastor uh, Stephen Anderson. Because listening to him got me saved. I got baptized by him. And he's a great man of God. Now, do I am I in lockstep with him? Do I agree with every single word he says? Of course not. Uh, but um, but he's very he's, he's been a, has a spiritual influence in my life. Uh, his preaching has been powerful, and um, yeah, I listen to him. Amongst other pastors, there are many other pastors I could mention, but if I'm just a big one, I'll say Pastor Anderson. All right, all right, all right. Well, uh, that really sounds great. And let me now ask you this final question uh, before we uh, before we go uh, today. And if you have any word of uh, and after the final question, if you have any word of exhortation uh, to people listening to us or that are, uh, that will be listening to this podcast in the future, uh, you'll be able to say it after this final question. Now, when it comes to fellowship, you know, fellowshipping with the brethren, uh, what will build the deal breakers or what are the deal breakers in terms of fellowshipping with other people? Um, for me, the deal breakers are basically three things. The first one, oh, in fact, let me define fellowship with other people. This is this does not mean you're not talking with the world. Remember, we should not judge. We should judge those inside, not outside. Right? God to judge them, so we can we can eat with adulterers and adulteresses and all of that in the world. But if a brother is called an adulterer or is, is a fornicator, you're not to eat with such an one. So. I'm talking about fellowshipping like as a church, fellowshipping another church, or this is a believer. He calls himself a believer and, you know, this is what he's trying to do. I'm not going to fellowship with him. These are the deal breakers. Number one, the gospel. If that so-called believer is wrong with the gospel, he believes in work salvation or any, I mean, I guess it's works of faith, basically. Works has different variations. So if he believes in all of any of that, whether it's Calvinism or anything like that, or Catholic ways to go to heaven, then I'm not fellowshipping with that with him or with that church. Number two is the KJV Bible. So he might say the right thing. He might say he believes he's, he might be right on the gospel, but if he's using the NIV, he's using um, a revised standard version, a wrong Bible. I cannot fellowship with that because we're not, we're not using the same source. One is of the right. devil and one is of the Lord. So there's no fellowship we can have. There's, how, how do we talk? How do we agree on something? How do we check? Bible says we should compare spiritual things with spiritual. Him is coming with the, the words of the devil. So I can't fellowship with the wrong Bible. So a church that has the wrong gospel, the wrong Bible, or either of them, I can't fellowship with them. And it's KJV for English speakers, obviously. Now, if you're not speaking, if you don't speak with English, I don't know what the Bible is. I think it's, if it's Spanish, it is Santa Biblia RVG 2010. I think that's the closest because it uses the Greek, Greek manuscript, the Texas Receptus. Not all those Alexandrian manuscripts and Vatican manuscripts. It's Texas Receptus. So if your Bible comes from the Texas Receptus, then fine. Then the third one, it's not an exact thing, but I just call it... Um, if you cannot receive ad, admon, admonition or admonition, sorry, if you cannot receive admonition, because Bible says, you know, you correct them, you admonish them once, twice, and you reject. So 
if you might be right in both of them, but you don't want to change concerning something. And um, and it has to be a major thing, obviously. Like, uh, what's that thing called? <sighs> what's the name of that? Where you believe in different time zones, not time zones, different um, rightly dividing what dispensationalism. So if you're like a dispensational church, and we correct you, we show you, but you still believe in dispensationalism. I don't even believe you're saved, right? You might say by faith through grace. Oh, sorry, by grace through faith. You might say all of that, but you believe that it's by grace through faith for now. But in the Old Testament, it wasn't by grace through faith. Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, and you're using KJV and you're Baptist and all of that. But I, I can't, I won't advise anyone to go to a dispensationalist church. Now, if you're kind of off, in rapture, you're off in, you know, who are the two witnesses, you know, these end time prophecies and stuff like that. Yeah, that's fine. I don't think it's a problem. If you don't go so winning, but you're right, you don't go so winning, you know, admonish you to go so winning, you still don't want to go so winning. It doesn't mean I'm not fellowship with you. One day to click, right? <laughs> All, um, right. All right. So it's just those main two things, KJV and the Bible. Uh, sorry, KJV yeah. and the gospel. All right. All right. All right. Thank you so much. So what is your final word to the people listening to us today? Can you tell us your final word to, uh, to the people, uh, your exhortation in, in about in a few minutes? Can you just tell us about I mean, something that you want people to know? The gospel, the gospel, the oldest heresy is work salvation. I've been deceived by work salvation for most of my life. And just don't get deceived. That's all. Don't let no man deceive you. So, and God, I believe we're in the times, like as in Amos, the farming of hearing the word of God. So there are so many people, pre so-called pastors, preaching the word of God. But we are in the farming of hearing the word of God. We have the word of God written, fortunately for us, but many deceivers are out there in the world. And signs and wonders... That is, these are all clues to the end times. That's what the devil is going to use. Lying signs and lying wonders. And God will send you a strong delusion if you don't want to believe the truth. So mm. if you're listening to all these false pastors and you don't want to believe the truth, God will cause you to not believe the truth and continue to listen to these false pastors. As he had in the right. heart of, of, uh, of Pharaoh during the time of Moses, God can harden your heart and you become reprobate, which is the worst thing that can ever happen to you. So if you're listening to this, it is by faith, through uh, by grace, through faith. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. That is the only way to go to heaven. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor uh, Obina of Fuego, uh, of Love Assembly Baptist Church in Mount, Mount Gore, right? Montgomery, right. Montgomeryville. Uh, uh, Pennsylvania in the United States of America. Uh, he loves the Lord. He wants to do the right thing. Thank God for his life and what the Lord is doing in his church. Uh, if you find yourself in that area, Mangoresville, uh, Philadelphia, I mean, Pennsylvania, uh, please try as much as possible to check Love Assembly Baptist Church. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for allowing me to interview you this time. And oh, we, hope to do, uh, we hope to do more in the future. Uh, when we have more audience for people to listen so that they won't be deceived just as you have been deceived. But we thank God for the gospel light that opens, I mean, that opens uh, the, the eyes of the first, I mean, of the people uh, to see more of this truth and for people to come to the realization 
of the truth of the word of God. Thank you so much for that. All right, we are so glad to have you, and the Lord bless you. Lord bless you thank too, you. Pastor Adeyemi. All right, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. So my, my, next, my next question is, did you ever regret leaving FCCG? <laughs> I did not, I have not, and will never regret leaving RCCG. Leaving RCCG what? is one of the best things that have happened to me, and I rejoice every time I remember, and I pity those that are still there. Mm. You mean you pity those that are still there? Can, can you explain uh, what, you, what you meant by that? By what exactly? By yeah. pitying them? Yes. Can you just explain to those who are, I mean, those that are listening? And they might probably be a member of Redeemed Christian Church of God or the pastor at Redeemed Christian Church of God. Can you just uh, uh, explain that so that they will understand why you pity them? When I got saved, I was still a pastor in Redeemed Christian Church of God. I went for what we call a workers' retreat. It's kind of like a conference. And I decided to preach to them there, once saved, always saved. And while I was preaching, they kicked me out of the stage. <laughs> this is wow. walkers with pastors. They kicked me out of the stage. So obviously, I mean, I, now that I'm older in the Lord, I kind of see why. <laughs> I mean, these guys are stuck in their ways and about money and all of that. So redeem is... It's work salvation. It's like any other false religion, really. It's work salvation. The pastors and pastors' meetings, guess what we talk about in pastors' meetings or what we used to talk about? Money, mm. money, money, money. A pastor is asking, wow. let me tell you a question a pastor asks a workers' meeting. Uh, sorry, pastors' meeting. Says, oh, I have some, how, what do you call these things again? Um, covenants, covenants, partners. Yeah, I have some covenant partners in the church. And how do I get, get them to continue to be committed? You know, when I heard that question, I didn't even know what that meant. So it means covenant <laughs> partners are people that have vowed to the church, to the pastor, that they'll be given a certain amount of money per month. This is up, uh, over and beyond their, uh, their tithes. This is just giving money to the church to fulfill the, the um, what do you call it, the, the goal, the, uh, the, what do you call it, the mission of the church which is to become, uh, the missions of these, their churches is to become a mega church. There you go. So this co uh, so the guy was saying that his covenant partners are not giving money. So how do you, does he get them to give money? And they were giving you tricks of how to get them to give money. So the main pastor there was talking about, oh, he knows, he checks all the tithes. He sees who pays more tithes. Then he invites them to his house. He explains the mission of the church and the goal and the vision of the church, how they are going to become great and all of that. And he encourages them to give more. Can you imagine that? So, wow. yeah, this is what happens in pastor's meetings. And it's not just in the pastor's meetings. I mean, my sister uh, was also in the board of uh, pastors of, of, of a redeemed Christian church of God. In fact, why am I saying a redeemed? It is the redeemed Christian church of God in Baltimore. Jeez, uh, well, Jesus house. There you go. Jesus House DC. She was in the board. And all she, she testified to, all they talk about is money. Why was she in the board? Because she's wealthy. That's why she was in the board. <laughs> she's wealthy. Wow. And she's, she was the head of the women, uh, sorry, the children's thing. She helps children, but she was wealthy. She gives a lot of tithes and a lot of money. So all the rich people and the wealthy people and people that want to sacrifice their lives 
for redemptive Christian church of God, those are the ones they elevate. And the poor people, you don't see poor people on the board. <laughs> anyway, wow. so they all talk about money, 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 money. That's why I say I pity those because they are being, they are, they are making a merchandise out of them. They are, they are just, wow. they are ripping them off. I mean, I know people, even that was in my church before, that said they gave their lands and their houses and everything to the Redeemed Christian Church of God. These people, wow. I, that's why I say I pity them. I try to talk to them, but they are blinded. I mean, there are some of my friends that I know when I got saved, I was talking to, he just disappeared. He never talked to me again, never called me back, nothing. They, they all just run away, they disappear. But I pity them. That's it. That's what I mean by I pity them. They are being deceived and they are going to hell. It's, it's sad. Many people cry on that day. But that's why I try my best to just give them the gospel so my conscience can be clear. You know, I, like Ezekiel, God warned Ezekiel that the blood will be upon your own hands. I mean, I know he's talking about yeah. the saved people and the church and all of that. But I, too, I just want my conscience to be clear on that day when they look and say, Obi, why didn't you tell me? They're like, you were there. You're my friend. Why didn't you tell me? So I, I tried to tell you. I told you. You ignored me. You said no. You left me. You cussed me out. Okay. So. <laughs> all right. Wow. What a detailed. And I, I really love the... Um, the answer that you, you just gave right now, so that everyone that is listening to us or that will be listening to uh, this podcast in the future, they will be able to understand uh, why you left and why you, you did not regret you leaving uh, Redeemed Christian Church of God and why you actually pitied uh, those who are staying in that church today. Now, let me now ask you another question. How did your people see you now? <laughs> I don't concern myself so much about it, but you know, I'm human, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy that the name of the church is still Love Assembly Baptist Church, or at least it's still Love Assembly, because it was formerly RCCG, that is Redeemed Christian Church of God, Love Assembly. So in their minds, they thought that the church could probably close down and get, you know, finished up and I just destroyed the church. That's what they thought. So I know when they look us up, because we've been on YouTube even while we're um, a long time ago, even while we're Redeemed Christian Church of God. So we've been on YouTube. So they know how to find us. And according to what I hear, people still look us up and see what's going on. So at least they're hearing that we're still there. But to, to be sincere, I don't know how they see me anymore because <laughs> I don't d disturb myself about what they think or what they care. But I know they still see me. So, right, uh, right, but I don't know right. what they're thinking. But most of these people is pride. Pride will keep them from coming back to the church because of how they left. So mm -hmm. if they are listening, hey, our arms are open. If you make, make yourself right, come back to church, get saved. If you're saved, fine. If you're not saved, the, I, I preached against Redeemed Christian Church of God to many of them. And they know that it, it's a false church. Many of them, before they left, they agreed with me. In fact, there's something I did. I'll explain this. When I preached against Pastor Deboye, he wrote a open heavens about uh, eternal life is an illusion. That's why I'm quoting him. Open heavens. You can look it up. One of these years, I think maybe 2017 or so. Open heavens. Oh, flash. I also received a copy of that. Yeah. July 1st or something. July 1st and 2nd is a double series. Uh, so I preached against it. And when I was preaching against it, I didn't say it was Pastor Deboe to the church. I just said, there is a preacher that is saying all these crazy things. So I finished preaching against all the crazy things that this preacher said. Then I asked them, 
is this preacher of God or is he of the devil? They all agreed that he was of the devil. They all agreed he was a false prophet. Then I told them, it is Pastor Deboe. All of them said, whoa. Do you know some of them still went back to uh, Pastor Deboe? Because the name is what they are scared of. Remember the story in Acts chapter 8, I think, that Philip, he went to a place and there was a sorcerer that deceived everybody. And they yeah. thought him as a great man of God. That's what they think of Pastor Debe. He has deceived them with all his sorceries. And now they think he's a great man of God, but he's not a great man of God. But he has deceived everybody. So when there's no name attached to it, preach against what he's saying. And everybody will agree with you that, yes, this person that is saying this is wrong. But when you put a name to it, they say, oh, no, 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 he's a man of God. He's, he's not wrong. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. Amen, amen. So my next... Hello? Yes, I'm here. All right. My next question is, who has the most influence in, in, uh, in your life right now? Uh, who has influenced you most uh, uh, since, you, uh, since you, uh, you became a Christian and, and you know, growing in the Lord? Who has the most influence on your life? There are two ways to answer this question. <laughs> The simple, straight way to answer the question is who has the most influence in my life, period, is my wife. My wife yeah. has the most influence in my life, period. Now, since I've been right. saved, you know, learning the, the old paths, learning the traditions of the apostles, if I was to pick a person, Hello. Yeah. Yeah, we got lost there again. I'll just continue where I stopped. Yeah. So he, he preaches a sermon about Bible. false Bibles. You got that, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'll, 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 I'll finish up right now. He, he preaches a sermon about false Bibles. And I was using King, New King James Version at the time. And I had never known about false Bibles. <laughs> never. I never knew one Bible was wrong and another was right. Obviously, I had some doubts about, you know, message and some weird Bibles like that. But I never really thought one Bible was wrong. I just thought all Bibles were just telling you kind of like what happened. <laughs> so I just liked the King, uh, New King James. So he preached that these Bibles were all false and King James is the only right one. And all his points made sense. And the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, where he says that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So in my Bible at the time, my New King James, it says unto us that are being saved. Yeah. This was my problem with him. Because my Bible was telling me I'm being saved. My Bible was telling me it's hard to go to heaven. That's what New King James says. It's difficult to go to heaven. Yeah, my Bible was telling like me it. all this. But his like Bible was telling him differently. But I didn't see that there was a problem with the Bibles. I just thought, okay, that's how he understands it. But I can't really fault him on what his Bible says. And so I found out that the Bibles were wrong. And there's only one right Bible. And I found out that there's a difference between being saved and saved. Right, right. And right. that was that verse. <laughs> I mean, there are a bunch of verses that show that New King James is wrong. But that one verse is what opened my eyes. At that point, I had to choose whether I believe this or I don't believe it. Before, I didn't understand it fully. But that verse was like, if I had not believed with that verse, then that's it. I'll probably not be here right now talking with you. 
So mm. that is how I got saved. Then I believed everything he was saying. Then my eyes were, uh, was open when I believed everything he was saying. Then it was so clear. And that's how I got saved. I made a prayer by myself, told my wife, I said, this crazy guy is right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these things did not happen in weeks. I'm talking about oh, months here. In months. Oh, I was listening to this guy. In months. While uh, I was preaching in Redeemed Christian Church of God, I was a pastor at this time. This was happening in 2016. I was a pastor since 2014. So you can imagine. Um, yeah, that's how I got saved. And in 2017, I started preaching the truth in my church and that's a, that's a question I'll answer for another time. So you go ahead. <laughs> right, right. Well, thank you for making this, uh, for telling me, for, uh, for making a statement and for telling us the truth about how you, how you heard the truth. So uh, let me ask you, uh, how did your church uh, receive uh, the message that you were preaching to them? The new message uh, about salvation by grace through faith, how did they receive it? Okay, how did I present it to them? Yeah, Maybe, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm answering your question. I'll, I'll yeah. first answer you how I presented it to them. Me being their pastor at the time, I decided how I got saved is how they are going to get saved. That just, right. I just said I'll use that method. You have to understand, <laughs> at this time, I was a babe in Christ. I just got saved. Yes, I've been a pastor for long, but in spiritually, I was a babe in Christ. Um. I had to start crunching the Bible and saying, okay, let me use the same method of how I got saved. I was listening to this guy. So when I was listening to this guy, Pastor Anderson, he was always using the Bible. So I started preaching sermons and all these sermons are still on YouTube, actually. So I started preaching sermons from 2017, the beginning of the year, 2017, of what does the Bible say? Because we keep hearing all what pastors say, what men say. What does the Bible actually say concerning things? So I showed the church that if you, uh, Bible says things that are different from what you believe, you cannot believe uh, what you, uh, so how do I say it? Don't read what you believe, believe what you read, right? So you read the Bible and believe it. Don't just read what you believe into the Bible, but read and believe what you see in the Bible. Oh, all right. right. So that's what I was telling them. Then from there, I moved on to the preserved word. That's the title of that sermon, the preserved word, showing that King James Bible is the right Bible and other Bibles are false and of the devil. Then after that, I preached to them, once saved, always saved. I titled it once and for all, that Jesus died for us, Hebrews chapter 10. Once for all. That sacrifice was once for all. Man, after that, <laughs> you know, few people said they're leaving. Um, wow. I continued to preach the Bible. I mean, my church were running on a good day. We could get to 70 people in the church. Wow. And, you know, that is Pentecostal attendance. What I mean by Pentecostal attendance is that we could have 150 people in the church, but people don't come to church. They just come at special occasions and stuff like that. So, but on a good day, we're running about, you know, maybe 50, 60 50, 60, and people started leaving. It was now getting to like 40s, 30s. I kept preaching. I kept changing things. Just telling how they received it. Um, I was, I am, uh, then too, I'm, I was a young pastor. So the older ones were actually calling me and trying to talk to me and telling me personally that, you know, I should change or I should cool down. My mom was still in the church. My brother was in the church. They <laughs> I just felt so extreme to them. Some did not believe they just stayed because to them, they've been saved all along. <laughs> they, all what I said was not new to them. 
That means they uh, didn't understand it or they didn't believe it. It's one of the above. So I preached, uh, I preached salvation. If you listen to all those sermons, I've been preaching salvation for months straight that they told me that I'm preaching salvation too much, that I should stop. <laughs> That's what they said. That's a witness against them. So they can't say I didn't uh, preach it enough. And I even warned them that in this church, you could become reprobate because I've preached you the gospel so much that, you know, and you reject it so much, God could reject you. So, I mean, uh, they didn't take it right. It's, it's just imagine preaching to unbelievers as if you're preaching to believers. So I, I was like a dictator to them. They called me dictator. They called me devilish. They called me different names. I changed the music. I, I was just adjusting and changing the church as I knew, as I understood the Bible. As I was convinced of the Bible, I was changing and changing all the way. And they all left. I mean, it was like six people left kind of thing. <laughs> wow. My mom left. My brother left. I mean, I, wow. I, don't, I don't have to explain to you how they left you know some were very bad yeah. some just disappeared just didn't hear from wow. them <laughs> some wow. were dissing me on facebook like calling me names on facebook you know laughing at me talking about me on facebook i'm not on facebook so i was being told about this <laughs> um, it was crazy uh so your question is how did they take it they didn't take it well but few wow. stayed few stayed yeah. and i'll tell you yeah. that some people, after the church had established and become a Baptist church, because we had to change our name to Baptist church and all of that, uh, we, we, uh, we changed our name and became established this year, actually, um, 2019, um, April 2019. So I count that as our anniversary moving forward. Before, our Amen. church was about 15 years old or so, I mean, 2006. So, But now I count... April, now we're just a year old church. We're not even up to a year. Because at April 2019, everybody in the church believed, at least to the best of my knowledge, they believed. They were following me as the pastor, as a pastor-led church. And mm. we had one mind, one accord, one purpose, going so winning. I mean, these guys were the ones that believed and stayed and wanted, yeah. and wanted to work as a church. So we even moved, changed location a couple times because we didn't have money for the places we're paying for. So we're in a smaller place. And so, yeah, they did not receive it well because um, it is the gospel. Many are not going to receive it well. Many will say, we'll hear from you later. But as I said, or as I was trying to say, some people that left actually came back. I was pleased about that. So people that left came back and God has added to the church. Now we're running close to, we're pretty much last, last week was 17 people in the church. Amen. So, Amen. so we thank God from that. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, well, I really love your detailed uh, uh, answers uh, to the question I, I asked. Hello. Hello. I believe I lost you there. Oh man, this is painful. <laughs> uh, are you hearing any? Not really. Okay, I'm kind of hearing myself right here. Okay, the are you hello? Yes, I'm here. I'm listening. All right. Uh, did you listen to my previous question that I asked you? Uh, I got caught off where you said he was preaching by grace through faith. All right. Someone was All telling right. you about that. Yeah, yeah. I was having a conversation with a, a, a good friend of mine, and and then the guy told me that, oh, Pastor Adeboye, he preaches salvation by grace through faith. 
and then and he, he does not preach salvation by works. And I had a doubt, and I, I told him that uh, he, do, he does not really believe, neither has he ever preached that salvation is by grace through faith. It is not of works. So uh, can you just clarify uh, that aspect so that people who are listening to this podcast, they will, they will know where he stands on that subject as being a, a pastor and a member uh, of Redeemed Christian Church of God for over 22, I mean, 22 years. Pastor Deboye, using his words, says eternal life is an illusion. And mm. his followers believe, including him, that is devilish, is demonic, that doctrine, which is amazing. Uh, because he, the Bible clearly talks about eternal life, but he says it's an illusion. So Pastor Deboye does not believe by grace through faith. Most of these preachers, they give lip service to it but they don't believe it. They say, oh yeah, we're saved by faith. You know, we're saved by faith. Oh, it's the grace of God. But if you truly have faith, you should have your works. So if you don't have the works, then it means you don't have the faith. So mm. they, they, they give lip service to it. They go around, they speak from two mouths. At one time you hear them say something, and at another time you hear them say something different. I'll tell you of a fact, he doesn't believe by grace through faith as the Bible preaches it, or as the Bible says it. He doesn't believe it that way. Hmm. Hmm. All right. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you for clarifying that, uh, clarifying that to us. Now, let me ask you another question, which is very important. How, uh, how did you hear about this truth and how did you come to, uh, to believe the truth about salvation by grace to faith? Like, I mean, what, what path uh, lead you into believing that now uh, I know I believe salvation by grace to faith. I believe eternal security. I believe that once you've trusted Jesus Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. How, how, I mean, did you see any, like, did you see it in a dream that God appeared to you <laughs> or the angels uh, revealed that to you while you were sleeping that, oh man, you need to start preaching salvation by grace through faith. Uh, how? What, what, what is the path? I mean, can you explain and, I mean, give us the clarification on that? I started to laugh when you said that I saw it in a dream or angel appeared to me. Because it is the <laughs> foolishness of preaching that God uses to save us. A human being saves another human being, period. And that's it. Even when Jesus saved people, he was a human being and God at the right. same time. But he was a human being. And Jesus right. did not save Paul. Uh, right. Jesus sent him to someone else to give him the gospel. Um, right. Okay, to answer your question, I have heard before, uh, before time that, you know, there's eternal life. People believe in eternal life. Although I never heard a clear presentation of the gospel, I'll tell you that. But I've heard mm. before time that, hey, you know, once you're saved, you're always saved. I've heard that before. And being under Pastor Deboye, I thought that that was foolish. I thought that that was an mm. illusion because we believed in work salvation. I was striving, doing all my best to go to heaven. And somebody here is telling me, oh, you know, you, uh, salvation is free. You just believe and you go to heaven. I mean, it wasn't really clear. And I never heard a clear presentation of the gospel, but I cannot tell you that I've never heard it. While mm. I know that I have heard it before is because when I became a pastor, I, I decided to go a pastor in Redeemed Christian Church of God, to be clear. I decided to go to Bible college, Redeemed Christian Church of God Bible college, because I wanted to learn more because I was going to become you know, a full time teacher of the, Bi of the Bible. And uh, I'm going to shorten the story. It's a long story, but I'll shorten it. So in the Bible college, my first question to know was eternal life. Is, is it once saved, always saved? I asked this question to a Bible college teacher, a pastor in Redeemed Christian Church of God, and he told me the Bible argues both points. 
I was like, that does not make sense. It's one or the other. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> so I told right. Him, okay, if you said Bible, I gives you both points, which I understand because we know the Bible says you're sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day, until that last day. So I was like, okay, so which one do you believe, sir? Pastor, which one do you believe? And he's like, no, that is my own decision. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell the class. It's just what I think. You make up your mind for yourself. Wow. I mean, that is what they were teaching in the Bible college. I, from then, I just lost all faith and hope in the Bible college. I just went through it just to get the, um, what do you call it? The certificate. There you go. So I can call, be called a pastor, that kind of thing. So that's what I, <laughs> that's what I did. Um, then, my remember I told you my dad was a pastor and he passed away. He, he, my dad used to read a lot of books. Um, he reads. He, we had a library in our house since I was a child. He just has a whole bunch of books. He reads a lot. So my mom told me that before my dad passed away, he believed or he was telling her that he is once saved, always saved. My dad, too, was a pastor in Redeemed Christian Church of God, obviously. Mm -hmm. So that's what my mom told me. I was a pastor at this time. And I told her, oh, my God, you're listening to all these stupid preachers that are saying all this once saved, always saved on TBN. Because TBN is a, as a, a channel here in the United States that show preachings. And most of those are prosperity preachers, which I was against, even as a Redeemed Christian Church of God pastor. Anyway, so <laughs> I was telling her she's listening to too much of that. And now they are deceiving her. You know, I really rebuked her sharply, rebuked and reproved her sharply on that with all my Redeemed Christian Church of God doctrine. <laughs> but as usual, you know, I had that question before. So as usual, I go back at the end of the day and I just think about, you know, the events of the day, you know, I examined myself and I was like, this thing that my mom said is really troubling, troubling in the sense that she's being deceived by these pastors. So I decided to wow. go research these pastors so that I can, you know, preach a sermon against it, you know, continue to rebuke her and warn her about the pastors that are saying these things. So I decided to research myself. Fortunately for me, I was, YouTube is available. So I started looking for all these pastors to find out what they are preaching, who they are, and, you know, destroy their doctrine with the word of God. <laughs> I came across various false prophets that give lip service to once saved, always saved, but they still talk about works. So I came across various of them, like John MacArthur, many Baptist churches, independent fundamental Baptist churches that, you know, give lip service to it because uh, the uh, uh, false brethren crept in on awares and destroyed those churches. Um, finally, I came across uh, a pastor called Pastor Anderson, Pastor Stephen Anderson um, mm. from, uh, what's his church? Faithful Word Baptist Church, Arizona. And I was listening to him. He was very captivating, very, you know, as, as they said about Jesus' preaching, that he preached with authority, not like the scribes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He, he was very bold and, you know, really giving a lot of Bible. And he said, once saved, always saved, you know, you cannot lose your salvation. At the first time I heard it, I was like, this guy is just full of himself. I mean, <laughs> so I decided, okay, let's break down the Bible verses. I couldn't really find where he was wrong. I mean, what he was saying is what the Bible was saying. But me, so indoctrinated in Redeem, I decided I was stubborn. I decided to just, you know, not believe him. But, you know, I told my wife about it. I was, I was like, man, this guy, I can't really find where he's wrong, but he's just so proud. He just feels like he knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I can't find where he's wrong. So I just kept listening to him. So I, I 
I not only listened to Salvation's messages, which he didn't preach much of, I was listening to just his messages, just to see where he's wrong. Just I was looking for something to just hold on and say, yeah, you see, he's full of himself, he's wrong in this. But I couldn't. Finally, I listened to a message called, I um, can't remember the title of the message. I remember what I titled it when I was preaching it. But he was preaching on false Bibles. And the Bible I grew up with was KJV. But coming to America and when I got older, I started reading the New King James Version. Because even Pastor Debo uses KJV version. So I said, reading the New King James, you know, it's newer, it's better. Hello. Hello, finally. Oh, good, good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's jump right. Uh, I'm so glad to have you. I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, can you hear me clearly now? Yes, I can. I can hear you very oh. clearly. All right. Um, well, let's start by saying I just want to welcome, uh, I want to welcome you to our interview and also a podcast uh, to get to know you. Uh, first of all, can you, uh, as we are starting our interview on a podcast, uh, my name is uh, Pastor Ibrahim Adeyemi of Fellowship Baptist Church here in the city of Akure, Ondo State, Nigeria. And it's my pleasure to have a friend. Uh, we just connected uh, a few, I think, uh, last month. And I'm so happy to uh, to have him introduce himself to uh, to everyone listening to him. Uh, he's all away from the United States of America, so I will let him do the introduction. Uh, would you please tell uh, tell us about yourself? Uh, tell us about yourself, please, in uh, in, in a short. Uh, don't take a lot of time introducing yourself because we have a lot of things to discuss. Uh, would you please just tell us about yourself? Sure. My name is Obina Ofuebu. I am currently in the United States of America, as Pastor said. I, uh, I'm lead, I lead the church here in Montgomeryville, PA, uh, Love Assembly Baptist Church. It's independent, fundamental, KJV-only Baptist church. And uh, my profession is an electrical engineer. So I work and I lead the church here. Um, that's pretty much briefly about myself. Uh, can you just tell us about your family? Uh, can you tell us about your family quickly? My family, I have, uh, I'm married uh, and I have five yes. children. Uh, the, first, uh, the first is nine years old and the last uh, was just born <laughs> uh, this uh, last month on the 19th of November. So uh, three boys, two girls, and they were all born here. I came here to the United States when I was 18. Uh, for college studies and i've stayed there since then since 2002 um so yeah that's me all right uh well the purpose of my of my interview uh today is to uh, discuss some of the things i found out about you and your journey uh uh your journey from the previous church where you were and to this time 
I uh, can you just tell uh, everyone listening right now how long you have been attending uh, your former church? How long you have been attending? You tell us the name of your former church and how long you have been attending this church. As a child, I've I've been going to church with my parents, and my former church is Redeemed Christian Church of God. Now I've gone to various Redeemed Christian church, uh, churches from Nigeria, even here in the United States. Um, so I've been attending Redeemed Christian Church of God from childhood, about 10 or 11 years old. When I was 10 or 11 years old, I'm currently 35 years old. Um, so uh, that's approximately about 22 years I've been attending uh, Redeemed Christian Church of God from childhood. Um, I went through all the, all the uh, what would I call it, <laughs> all the hierarchies, you know, baptism, baptismal class, all those classes, schools, everything, school of discipleship. And um, so the, pre- the previous church or my last Redeemed Christian Church of God uh, is actually called Redeemed RCCG, that's Redeemed Christian Church of God Love Assembly. And it began by my father. My father founded it in 2006. Uh, I eventually took over as pastor in January 2014. So that's how long I've been in Redeemed Christian Church of God. So if you would like, if you would love to tell us like how many years, like you've been a member of Redeemed Christian Church of God, how many years you've been a member? 22 years. Wow. 22 years you've been a member of Redeemed Christian Church of God. Correct. So that, that means you you know everything about uh, basically everything that Redeemed Christian Church of God, you know everything that they believe and practice, right? Pretty much, because I was a pastor in Redeemed Christian Church of God. All right, all right, all right. Now, let me ask you another question. Uh, did you ever have a doubt about the preaching that you have been listening to while you were a member of Redeemed Christian Church of God? Maybe probably you have been listening to uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Adeboye, uh, the general overseer of Redeemed Christian Church of God. You have been listening to his preaching. Did you ever uh, have any doubts that this man is preaching the truth? I'll tell you sincerely, while I was unsaved, I had absolutely no doubt that he was a servant of God. I had no doubt he was preaching the word of God. <laughs> I mean, I felt so blessed and lucky that you know, God sent him to save us, basically, to help us and to give us the word, and to give us blessings. I had no doubt to answer your question. While I was unsaved, I had no doubt. Now, I might have had doubts for other preachers under him, you know, other things they said, uh, their prosperity, their paths to prosperity, you know, there some of their deliverance services. You know, I had doubts for some of them, but Pastor Deboye himself, looked at as the head of the church, I had no doubt. So I was completely loyal to RCCG. Wow, wow. Well, that is really deep, and that is very deep uh, thought and right there. Uh, I had a conversation with Ephraim, and I was kind of uh, saying, uh, Pastor Deboye, he, he does not preach, nor did he believe salvation by grace through faith. And the man was like, well, he actually, the man was telling me that Pastor Deboye, he preaches salvation by grace through faith. And as a former pastor, hello, hello, good evening, Pastor Deyemi, I cannot hear you still. Oh my, Hello. 
Oh, no. Really too bad. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Pastor Deyemi. Hello? Good evening. Are you on the line? Yes, I'm on the line. I still cannot hear you. Oh. Uh, Hello? 